In the studio this morning from the city of Monmouth, we have Ken Helms, who is the city um, <laughs> communications director. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Struggling with my voice here. I apologize. No, that's all right. Also with us is city administrator Lou Steinbrecher. Good morning. Good morning, Vanessa. And Mayor Rod Davies. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, Vanessa. Good to see you all. Thank you for coming out uh -huh. to Freezing for Food. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a great event. And uh, sounds like uh, you raised a, uh, a lot of good money to help uh, the food pantry here in Monmouth and Roseville. Our community is fantastic. Yes, they are. And I feel great. It's just some reason or another, the dampness took my voice. Hmm. Yep, that's happening. It happens. Mm -hmm. All right, how was last night's city council meeting? Well, we had a pretty good uh, meeting last night. We um, had a had a fairly robust discussion about uh, our property tax levy and it's uh, about the second or third time we've discussed it with council and uh, we were uh, raising some issues about not being certain about how much exactly we were going to have to levy for our pension funds that's really the key to uh, what we have to do on our tax levy is where where do we land with the pension funding requirements and so um, we had the uh, Governmental Accounting Standards Board's uh, uh, funding request, uh, which uh, is different than the statutory requirement, which comes from the Illinois Department of Insurance. And uh, they have two different standards. The Governmental Accounting Standards requires those pensions to be funded 100% by the year 2040. And the uh, uh, Illinois uh, Department of Insurance requirement is to be 90% funded by 2040. Uh, they also have different actuarial assumptions on the rate of return for the investments in those funds. Uh, the uh, Governmental Accounting Standards Board has a lower uh, actuarial rate of return at 6%, and the Illinois Department of Insurance uh, has a higher uh, actuarial assumption of, uh, I think that's what, 6.8%, Lou? I believe it is, yeah, 6.8%. So what happened uh, is we were expecting uh, to not be able to meet our funding requirements uh, from our original levy. However, once those uh, uh, numbers came in from the Illinois Department of Insurance, we were very pleasantly surprised uh, that the city's levy that we had originally designated for $1 million each to the firefighters and police pensions um, is going to be uh, very sufficient. In fact, it will be $240,500 more for the firefighters and $156,500 more for the police. So um, council agreed that, uh, um, that we should go ahead and use those higher numbers that we had originally discussed, a million dollars each. And we also discussed with council that providing additional funding in excess of the minimum required contribution will reduce uh, the total employer cost over the life of the amortization period. So we've been able to uh, uh, fund, overfund uh, on fire the last few years and the last two years because we didn't have the exact numbers. We were a little light on police, which is why this year's contribution was um, higher uh, than than firefighters so um, we felt it was good and, and we feel good that we're fun overfunding them uh, above the minimum requirement and will not require a truth and taxation hearing will not require any additional funds or fees uh, to the citizens 
And so uh, we feel very good about that. Our levy will be uh, um, 4.99% higher than last year. And uh, we believe that the equalized assessed valuation growth, uh, which is estimated at this point uh, after discussions uh, with the assessor, appears that uh, there will be enough growth there that it, it, we really shouldn't see a, a tax rate increase uh, on the city's portion of the tax bill. Can't speak to the others, but I think we should be in good shape with ours. Lou, I'll turn Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it really does uh, uh, bode well, I think, for, uh, uh, for the city treasury. The total tax levy proposed for the 2023 tax levy to be collected in 2024 is two million seven hundred thirty-four thousand uh, dollars. Of that, a million dollars will go into each of the two uh, pension funds: the police uh, pension fund and the fire pension fund, as uh, the mayor had had previously uh, discussed, and which is greater than the uh, statutory minimum. Um, we have consistently had four hundred thousand dollars out of that tax levy go to help uh, satisfy our debt service payments and then we have had um, in the past we've we've had three hundred fifty thousand uh, available for to support actual city services that that actually is going to decline down to three hundred and thirty four so we had to use sixteen thousand uh, to reallocate away from from supporting city services to put those funds uh, towards the police and fire pension funds. So there, uh, we, we think we can absorb that uh, uh, cut in uh, general fund revenues. Obviously, we'll have to make it up somewhere else. Um, but uh, I believe, based on this tax levy, we should be able to have a balanced budget for fiscal year uh, that begins on May 1st of, of 2024. Uh, and uh, um, be able to maintain city services for next year. Well, this is really good news. Yep. So no yep. increase like we talked about last time, the potential for a utility tax bill or, or other certain suggestions. None of that will occur. That's really good news, y'all. It is uh, very good. And we expected the Illinois Department of Insurance uh, contribution calculation to be lower but I don't think either one of us expected it to be that much lower so that was a hey, pleasant surprise sunshines and a dog's behind once in a while yeah there you go oh, that's right <laughs> or a squirrel finds a nut whatever yeah statement you want to say we'll like. take it we'll yeah, take it absolutely because it's already hard enough to pay insurance premiums go to the grocery store you know so on and so on everybody's heard it <laughs> a thousand times nice when yeah. we don't have an increase in um yeah in city stuff so yeah and we don't like to do it either um you know we all live here and we all see uh the challenges that we all face on a daily basis okay so, um and i think i'm going to turn it over here in a few minutes to uh, ken to talk about one of our reports but finally at long last we've started the harlem avenue water main project we're uh we've got one block looks like done and we're deep into getting the second block done. It's gonna go from uh, Main Street to uh, G Street. And uh, so that'll be phase one while we wait to hear from our money for phase two. Uh, we hope that that will be soon so that as soon as we finish phase one uh, with the water main, we can move right to phase two. And, um, and then when those are done, then we'll actually get to the road. More good news. 
Yeah. Come on, trifecta, you betcha, as Craig Anderson would say. What's the next one? Mm. Give me the third good news. Um, I guess uh, the third good news, uh, I don't know whether you define it as good news or not, would be uh, one of the things that uh, Director Jackson gave in his uh, report, and that's uh, that we're having to do lead survey lines, um, which that's part of an EPA mandate. Uh, basically, we have to check and see uh, how many homes in Monmouth actually have lead service <coughs> lines. Um, that was common practice during construction back in the day. Um, now that that is definitely not something that we do for construction. So anytime we replace a water main, do different things like that, uh, we also have to replace the uh, service lines that go from the main to the household. Um, the good news about that is we did receive some money um, here uh, just a few weeks ago uh, through a number of different grant projects to kind of help fund this. Um, Rob, you can talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we got 960000 uh, from Congressman Sorensen that he's going to take to the Appropriations Committee to uh, get funded. And then we also uh, are re supposed to receive a million dollars a year for five years from the Illinois State uh, Revolving Loan Fund, which it's funding of a sort. We'll have to pay a, a, a portion of that back, so that will be determined. I mean, this is a significant project. It's eight to nine million dollars. Uh, it's over five thousand dollars per household. Um, it's not only the cost of replacing the lead service line; it's the cost of, in most cases, digging up the road uh, to attach the new uh, uh, line to the water main and then fixing the road when we get done doing that after we've fixed them all up. So, um, y you know, this is going to be a challenge. Uh, it's something we have to do over an extended period of time, um, and we hope that there's more funding for it in the future. But uh, This is a nationwide mandate. It is. Because I see it on the Metro Source News, which gives you a state summary. So mm -hmm. it's all the way from Alaska to Florida and no, all I, of us in between. Yeah, and it's all over the country. And even though we don't have lead in our water supply, uh, you know, we st we're still part of, uh, we're way, way below any uh, lead mandate or regulations, but we still are caught up in that uh, uh, requirement. And so we will have to uh, comply. Yep. And this is a uh, very, very large scope project uh, nationwide. Um, the, the costs involved with this um, are going to be astronomical. Um, it's estimated there's close to a million service lines just in the Chicago area. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, extrapolate that out. Um, and it's this is going to be a significant uh, expense. So any little bit that we can get uh, through grants, um, whether large or small, it, it's always going to kind of help offset that. You said the overall project is 8 to $9 million. Yeah. Uh, yes. And um, we get $1 million per year for five years and 900 and some odd thousand in grant money at the moment. Yeah, yeah, we're about six million into a nine million dollar, eight nine million dollar project. So, we'll see. I mean, we we hope that there's more uh, state or federal funds uh, to be provided for this mandate. Um, uh, as of yet, that hasn't happened. Um, and again, not all of that is grant money. Some of it is a re you know that five million is a revolving mm -hmm. loan sure. funds, which I fully believe that we'll get. We have the potential to have about 40% of that forgiven, but um, 
you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see how it actually plays out. Uh, we had used that uh, state revolving loan fund to help fund our disinfection project, which is going to be about a $3 million project. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think a little over 40% of that uh, uh, revolving loan is, is scheduled to be forgiven. So we'll have to figure out a means of paying for the rest of it. But the cost does not get put on the taxpayer um, at the moment. It, it will. It's still it's still money that eventually has to come from true. some form of public revenue. True, that's yeah. true. It does come from one government pocket or another. True, true. I was trying to find the trifecta. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard with government, isn't it? Yeah. All right, what's next, Lou? Yes, uh, well, uh, the meeting actually started with a uh, uh, citizen um, comment at, at the beginning. Um, an elderly gentleman um, asked the council to... Uh, uh, consider uh, removing some um, um, bollards that had been placed out at Citizens Lake that uh, prevented him from driving to his favorite fishing spot. Um, and there's, um, uh, we're doing some research on that now. I think there's some good reason why um, we want to prevent uh, traffic uh, going over the levee and dam uh, to preserve the integrity, obviously, um, of that structure. Uh, but um, there is uh, some citation in the uh, code of ordinances that would seem to allow some vehicle traffic to um, fishing spots around Citizens Lake. So we're we're in the process of doing some some um, research to see if there's any um, rules or regulations that have been uh, established by resolutions passed uh, by council in the past. I'm not aware of any, but we will do some research in that area and then. Um, try to bring back a reasonable policy that would uh, not only protect um, the levee dam feature, but also uh, provide some reasonable access to fishing spots around Citizens Lake, so. Okay, anything else, gentlemen? Um, I'll just put on my public safety hat here um, with, the, with the brownouts and all the electrical stuff that we've had over the uh, last few days going on. Um, just kind of want to throw, um, kind of a, a plea slash reminder out to the general public um if the power goes out uh please wait or do not call uh public safety to ask if the power is out across the way um we only have a couple dispatchers that are working uh the shifts at a time um we're constantly trying to hire more uh, but we do have limited staffing so when we start getting phone calls after phone call after phone call about is the power out is that there it's taking away the resources that we have to answer those phone calls when there's an auto accident or a uh, structural fire, fire or yeah. something like that um, because we're still going to provide you that information. Um, you know, we've got somebody there answering the phone, but we do have limited resources, and uh, it, that very very much ties it up. Uh, I was in there during the power outage uh, for a portion um the other night and uh i counted at least 26 calls that they got um and that was just in the short time span it took me to get some tools and uh, get out to one of our tower sites so um it, it is a real issue uh please don't do that yeah there's a great online source uh from amron about power outages and they have maps and you can also report your outage uh, to amron uh on their website uh and so that's that's uh probably the most direct and they text you right back and let you know 
you know, that yes, you're, we recognize that you're out of service and when, when you might expect uh, your uh, service to be restored. So um, they do have a lot of great resources. And uh, so uh, we hope folks yeah. can take advantage of those. You could just Google Amridge Outage Center yep. and it'll pop right up. And you know what? I'm glad, Ken, that you brought this up. I would personally uh, love to say thanks to all the linemen. My goodness. Talk about them being away from their families and, you know, late at night trying to get us back on three different times because of equipment failure. So thanks to everyone who was working after hours and, of course, yesterday trying to get it all fixed. Yes, it's a horrible inconvenience. Yes, it's going to cost me money. It's costing you money, Mm -hmm. meaning it's damaged equipment. But to no fault of the people who, you know, we've had power for so long that, you know, you take it for granted and. Big thanks to the linemen. Yep, yep, and and I'll follow up on uh, the linemen as well with a thanks to all the first responders, the yes. volunteer agencies, the EMS, um, the professional side, everybody that's out there because that's always, uh, for, the, for them, uh, there's always an internal struggle because when you have stuff like that going on, especially when you have, uh, you know, single phase, half voltage stuff that does prevent a, uh, or that does present a fire hazard, uh, they kind of want to be at home with their family, making sure they're safe, doing different things like that. Uh, but they do have a duty, um, so them going out protecting the public—that's that's always a great thing. Yes, I agree with you, hundred um, percent. We actually will have Amron on the air. It looks like tomorrow. Good. So um, we're going to talk about that and natural gas is an issue this time of year. So, mm-hmm. yes, Mr. Mayor. Um, I think uh, Lou has one more item. We we had a. Uh, uh, some citizens uh, from the Third Street that showed up before council to request a stop sign uh, on their street, which was uh, a follow-up, and I'll let uh, Lou uh, talk about that. Yeah, uh, this uh, actually a uh, culmination of uh, some discussions we've had each of the past two city council meetings to uh, actually place a, uh, an ordinance on the agenda, which, which was there last night, to uh, install a stop sign um, on north third street at the uh, intersection with uh, east boston avenue uh, there is currently no stop signs on north third between broadway until uh, detroit and of course uh, this was in response to an accident that took uh, place here a month or two back uh, at the uh, intersection of uh, north third and clinton just one block north of, of this location uh, it was felt that Boston would be a better intersection to put the uh, stop sign. And as the mayor mentioned, there was a resident who uh, presented the uh, council with a petition that was signed by many of the residents that live along North Third Street asking uh, for the city's uh, support. And then uh, ultimately it was, uh, it was passed unanimously on a 7-0 vote last night. So... There will be a stop sign there, uh, and again, it's in response, I think, to um, the speed of traffic um, along North Third between Broadway and and Detroit. Okay. Okay, gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great week. Thank you. You too. That is Ken Helms, Communications Director, Rod Davies, Mayor, and Lou Steinbrecker, City Administrator on WRN.